The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. So today we're going to talk about, let's talk about love uh, by Claire Kahn. And I thought I would do a video review as well as a podcast for this one. So if you'd like to actually watch me talk through this, uh, you can go to my YouTube channel, Kristen.n.spencer, uh, or if you type expensive words review into YouTube, it should come up. So uh, we're going to talk about this book, which has several very interesting things that we could discuss. Uh, and the reason that I first read this book was because I'm researching how to write an asexual character, even though I figured out that I've written, <laughs> I've already written asexual characters and I didn't realize it at the time. Um, but this time I'm being super aware of it because I want to have an asexual character in my story and make sure to avoid all the tropes uh, that people find dis distasteful or any stereotypes that are untrue. So I'm doing research and this was one of the books that I, that was recommended to me from um, an asexual member of the writing community because I've been going on Twitter and message boards and trying to meet uh, asexual writers so they can help me out. And they've been so supportive and kind and they're very excited for me to write an asexual character the right way. So thank you so much to all of the people in that community who have been uh, so helpful, like above and beyond helpful sending me you know, links and descriptions and things you wish you would see. I really appreciate it. And uh, my my character, who is asexual, her name's Jotty. My bicycle's named after her. Uh, she is just the best, and I can't wait for you to meet her uh, at some point. She is like a secret sneak character in my Time Portal bo uh, book that I'm writing right now. But there's going to be a whole series around her, and then um, she is also in another one of my books that hopefully I'll be writing uh, in the next two years that I've been wanting to write for years. But anyway, she's just a really special character and I love her so much and I can't wait to uh, give the asexual community representation, even if it's in space fantasy where all the characters are aliens. Uh, and that's something that I talked to people in the writing community about is how can I do this so that she doesn't seem other and they're like well if all the characters are aliens in the the series that you want to do then that's okay so I got I got the okay I'm definitely going to use a sensitivity reader just to double check that everything is right uh, but so this was my first book that I read that was about an asexual protagonist and also it's the first swoon reads 
book that I've read uh, that's actually been published. I've read other submitted Swoon Reads books, and I'll talk about that as well because uh, that, that I think, is one of the reasons why this book kind of let some readers down. But we're going to talk about the good things, the bad things, and uh, let's go ahead and start with the beautiful cover. Uh, there's a little tiny blurb right here. Sorry, it's opposite on the camera for me. Uh, that says, you know, um, Alice is about to ace this whole dating thing. And ace, A-C-E, is the short term for someone who's asexual. And so that if you know that word and you read this blurb, then you're like, oh, I'm so excited. It's a book about an ace character who's dating. And uh, what I'm going to do right now is read you the back blurb because I know that marketing people and the author all put a lot of time into this. And I think it's a good way to set you up for this review. Also, this review is full of spoilers. So if you want to read this wonderful book and you haven't read it yet, just save this under your list for later and then come back and listen to it or watch it. All right. Okay, let's read the blurb. Uh, Swoon Reads is proud to present, like I said, let's talk about love. She gave up on finding love, but will love find her anyway? It's always good to start with a question because that really uh, causes the curiosity factor in the reader to be piqued. And you always want to do that because curiosity will cause someone to buy something. And ultimately, you're selling your story. And that's so that's really good. That's a good piece of copy as far as marketing in this blurb. Alice had her whole summer planned, non-stop all-you-can-eat buffets while marathoning her favorite TV shows, Best Friends Totally Included, with the smallest dash of adulting, working at the library to pay her share of the rent. The only thing missing from her perfect plan, her girlfriend, who ended things, with, who ended things when Alice confessed she's asexual. Alice is done with dating. No thank you, do not pass go, stick a fork in her, done. But then Alice meets Takumi, and she can't stop thinking about him or the rom-com-grade romance uh, feels she did not ask for. Uncertainly, uncertainty, butterflies, and swoons, oh my. While her blissful summer takes an unexpected turn and Takumi becomes her knight with a shiny library employee badge, close enough, Alice has to decide if she's willing to risk their friendship for a love that might not be reciprocated or understood. And then I wanted to read you the two reviews on the back of here. Alice is black, biromantic, and asexual, and her relationship with Takumi is genuine and fun. A light, enjoyable asexual romance with outstanding representation. And that's from uh, the School Library Journal. The next one is, Khan thoughtfully tackles what is meant to be asexual and gives... Oh, sorry. Khan thoughtfully tackles what it is what it means to be asexual and gives Alice a platform to discover who she is and what it means for her relationship with Takumi. Asexual readers will appreciate the visibility and those like Alice's ex who know they poorly understand it will gain a better sense of what love without sex can look like. Publishers Weekly. And then, you know, it has all the little swoon-worthy stuff on here, which is a reference to um, swoon reads and it has swoon-worthy extras inside. I was a little bit disappointed by the extras, if I'm being honest. Um, but let's go ahead and dive into this review. So this book 
is meant to be about representation. And that's something that I'm very supportive of. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast or watching the show, then you're probably supportive of it or you would have stopped listening to this podcast by now because I talk about it so much. Uh, because I'm a copy editor and copy editors are supposed to make sure that all of the representation that happens in stories is done correctly. So I worked really hard to learn all the things uh, that I know in my copy editing certificate program to make sure that I could help authors do a better job of this. And also as a mom and a human being, representation is really important to me. So uh, it seems like the main point of this book is representation. And while that is a good goal for every story to have, I make sure that all of my stories have that, uh, having good representation is not enough to make a story shine. And I thought that this book was really interesting. Uh, and I, you know, like I said, I originally bought it for research. Uh, I didn't know it existed until some uh, asexual writers pointed it out to me. And um, it, I feel like this care, my character is not romantic and Alice is. So this was just kind of a general reference for me. Uh, and so Alice is bi-romantic. She's the main character. That's supposed to be her, right? This beautiful picture here. Like also a really good picture there. This is a great cover. And then um, the back cover has a little sneak peek. This is really skillfully done. And as you can see, if I get it shined or just right, that the text has a special treatment so that it's shiny, which is nice. It gives it that little extra pop. Uh, if your publisher wants to do something like this for your book, I would be like, yes, please, because all those little details add up. So really good cover art. Um, the only thing that I feel like could be improved a little bit is if this is a thumbnail on your Kindle reader or your phone or whatever, this is going to be really small. It's going to be hard to read. You, this uh, this will be impossible to read, but you want to be able to read the author name in the thumbnail. Uh, and so like if I got a cover like this from an artist, I would send it back and be like, please make the name bigger. Okay, so enough about cover design. Um, but so Alice is biromantic, which means that she's attracted to men and women romantically, not sexually. And that's one of the points of this book is that Alice doesn't experience uh, sexual attraction, and that's what makes her asexual. But the thing that I'm learning, because I'm researching this, is that there are different levels of asexuality in that some people enjoy the actual act of sex, even though they don't feel sexual attraction, while others uh, feel really uncomfortable about the act at all, and they don't want to hear about it. And I'm going to give you another wonderful reference that I'm reading right now myself about asexuality and about writing asexual characters uh, at the end of this review. So <laughs> Alice really cares about how things look, but not in a sexual way. She has um, a scale for cuteness, and uh, which one her boss basically loves that about her. And so she likes things that appear to be cute. Um, I really wanted to love every part of this book. I did give it four stars on Amazon and on Goodreads because I think that the bones are there. Uh, the problem that I find with this book and that a lot of readers have found problems with when I went and read reviews was that there are too many uh, glaring errors as far as consistency. That seems to be the main problem that Khan has in this book. 
And uh, if she had had a better editor, they would have caught all these things because these are things that I would make long notes about in my author letter when I return the manuscript. So uh, I really liked Alice as a character. One of the things that I loved about this book is that Alice finds out that her, uh, well, her girlfriend, Margot, who's who we see at the beginning of the book, breaks up with Alice for telling her that she's asexual. And Alice gets really upset and hurt, uh, understandably, right? Um, because Margot is like the exact opposite where she's hypersexual and she wants sex all the time. So I don't really know if a relationship between someone who's hypersexual and someone who's hyper allosexual and someone who's asexual can work successfully. Uh, but Margot wasn't healthy anyway, so I would say good riddance, you know, in this case for Alice. But Alice gets really hurt when Margot breaks up with her over this confession, and she doesn't really know how to communicate it to any other people either. And so one of the things that Alice does is she goes to a therapist. And I loved the portrayal of the pursuit of better mental health and the therapist did a really good job in this book. The therapist was really well represented, which I don't always see, and I appreciate that. And uh, so Alice is able to use the therapy services to try to work through being able to tell people about her asexuality. Uh, and one of the things that the therapist points out is that, you know, it feels unfair to Alice that she always has to be the one to educate people in the same sentence as telling them that she is asexual, that she has to explain what asexuality is. And so I would love to see more awareness about this uh, identification in general. And I'd love to read more books about characters like this and not the stereotypical characters, which we see in film and television uh, and comics in some cases. Uh, you know, Jughead is an example of an asexual but and I know in the show Riverdale that uh, he has a relationship because my daughter was telling me all about Riverdale the other day. We were talking about it. And I was like, you know, this came from Archie's Comics. Da, 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 da. I'm old. You're young. You know, that sort of thing. So uh, I want to say I liked this story. There are some problems that I would like to see fixed that would take me from four stars to five stars. And like I said, I think that this is a case of uh, Claire Khan is a newer writer. She's published one other book. This is her second book. And the editor she worked with didn't do their job properly. I can say that as a fact because I know that uh, in my training, we learn to look out for these things. And the person who edited it just didn't. And I know that Swoon Reads is a newer company and uh, that, you know, they're really trying. But if, if anyone from the Swoon Reads team is reading, is listening or watching this, not reading because I'm not writing right now. Uh, I would love to work with you guys to help you make these, because this is such a cool endeavor for a publishing house to publish a book like this, but you have to have the right kind of editor. And it's not that there's a lack of sensitivity reading happening in the story. I don't think that's the case, but the traditional editing is lacking and so I want to go over the main problems that I had and the main problems that I saw on Goodreads and, uh, and Amazon as far as reviews and things that the readers were upset about. Because, listen, representation is a good idea. 
but a whole book can't be written in the the vein of representation because it has to be a story. And if you have representation without a well thought out story, then you have something that's called a gimmick and readers don't like gimmicks. Uh, consumers don't like gimmicks. So you have to make sure that if you want to have good representation, that the story has to match. And that means that you can't have these um, glaring issues. One of them to me is very glaring uh, that take away from the sweetness and the complexity of the story. So remember, if you want to write a story that hinges on representation, good. I'm all for that, but make sure the story is compelling on its own without that element or else you're going to end up with something that's really gimmicky and that is not what you want and that is not what the group who you're representing wants. Okay, so that was just, you know, a little preaching to the choir, I'm sure, because if you're watching this video, then you care about representation. But that's something that's important to note. You don't want to write gimmicky books. Okay, so the main problems in this book are writing related. There are characters who seem important uh, at the beginning and then they literally disappear. We never hear about them again. This is a rookie writing mistake and this is a major editing mistake because the editor should have like thought at some point, Huh, I never see Moshula again. And if I'm pronouncing that wrong, I apologize. I'm I'm trying. If you know the better pronunciation of that name, write in. I will I will make a note of it. Uh so we see her at the beginning of the book, and this is kind of important in establishing that this book is going to be about uh the LGBTQ plus, you know, A in this case, the A is not for ally, it's very sexual. Uh, so which they talk about in the book, which is great. But so it sets it up because Mashula uh, has a girlfriend and, you know, she's talking to Alice and they're saying all these things to each other. And that was good. It was a good introduction. But then Mashula completely disappears. We like I said, we never hear about her ever again. And that becomes disappointing to readers, especially when this character seems really well fleshed out. And I would want to read about her more. And I would want to see other conversations between her and Alice because she's a good support person, which Alice needs better support in her life. And uh, as we'll talk about, a lot of the characters around Alice are extremely emotionally unhealthy, which uh, is realistic, right? I mean, how many of us have that experience where uh, maybe we're the most emotionally healthy person uh, and it's really hard to build a support system in that, like our immediate family or with some of our longtime friends because they don't have that emotional knowledge. They don't have boundaries. So uh, I would have liked to see that character come in again as one of Alice's support people when she's going through therapy. And that's something that her therapist could have talked to her about, which a therapist will talk to you about creating a good support system because that is how you can function in life by having that. So uh, that was a bummer for me. And I saw a lot of readers comment on that fact as well in the reviews that I read through. Okay, this is the really big one for me. Uh, so there is, an, there is an instance of sexual assault in this book in that uh, Alice is touched by a stranger without inviting any touching. And this actually is a huge plot point 
because this is what causes strife between Alice and her best friends, Ryan and Feeney. And one of the things that happens is Alice was living with Margot, her ex-girlfriend, and when they broke up, she had to move out and she didn't have anywhere to go. Uh, Another complicated part of the story is that Alice's parents are only willing to pay for things they kind of agree with. So Alice wants to be able to have the freedom to pursue something uh, besides going to law school, which is what her parents expect her to do. So this puts her in a difficult situation, and um, Feeney and Ryan let her move in with them. But they all go to a Halloween party together, and they have these things called, you know, family nights, which are great at moments. However, this is like one of the biggest plot points, and it causes tension for almost the entire rest of the book. And it wasn't dealt with properly at all, in my opinion, uh, as someone who is an advocate against sexual abuse and who's an advocate for survivors of abuse and harassment. So Alice is at this party and she's dressed as uh, Velma from Scooby-Doo, which is so cute and like her because she really loves TV and she loves these different fandoms. And that's something that's really relatable uh, about her character to a lot of people, including myself. And so um, she goes to this party and there's this guy there. He's dressed as a clown. And I thought, you know, why don't I just read you that chunk? It's not that long. Uh, And that way you can get a feel for Claire Kahn's writing and whether or not you would be interested in reading this story. Uh, So here's the here's. uh, Okay. So Alice set the beers down on a clear space of end table. Family night was decidedly over, so she just found out that Ryan and Feeney have uh, ditched her. Sometimes she really felt like she brought this on herself. Besides Mashula, this is like the last time we ever see that name mentioned, who was busy posting pictures of herself gallivanting around an island, they were her only nearby friends. She didn't regret following Feeney and Ryan to school, but maybe it was time to try to build a life for herself outside of them, capital T, them. But she didn't want to do it. Uh, Also, this is one of those moments of formatting. I'll talk about that later. So I'm going to talk about the formatting issue later, but that's why I paused here because there's some issues with formatting. If she moved away for law school, Ryan would miss her, but he would be fine. Feeney would definitely protest, but... Would she actively stop Alice from leaving? Come up with some harebrained scheme to prove how much you wanted to keep Alice around? She hoped to God Feeney would. Because Alice finds a lot of her uh, validation in her relationship with Feeney, which is also unhealthy at the at this point. There's sirens outside. Okay. Uh, as Alice headed toward the front door to wait outside for Takumi, a boy wrapped his arm around her shoulders. An electric jolt of fear zipped straight through her. Can I get you a drink? He shook his cup at her. No, but you can move your arm. She shrugged him off, twisting away, right into a corner. She was wedged into the space where the wall met the staircase with him standing in front of her. Yellow jumpsuit, giant flower buttons, oversized shoes. It should be oversized shoes. uh, Ruffled collar. Clowns were the devil's minions. All that was missing was the red hair and white makeup. By the grace of dignity, she managed not to start dry heaving on the spot. What's your name, he slurred. Thoroughly unavailable. My parents were anti-hippies, excuse me. She stepped to the side and he matched her. The disrespect, he joked in mock horror. 
She hoped he was joking anyway. I'm just trying to talk to you. Fine, let's talk. Do you know where Feeny is? Who's that? The, pers- the person I need to go find. So if you'll excuse me. Wait, wait, he shuffled in front of her. Why are you in such a rush? It's a party. Relax. I am relaxed. If I relax any further, I'll fall asleep. I don't live here, but we could borrow a room. No. She shook her head, lips pressed into a grim line. Nope, don't even. I retract my joke. Clown boy laughed. You seem chill and pretty cute for a black girl. Alice wished she had accepted his drink offer and wished she would have taken a sip right when he'd said that so she could have spat at him in shock. Cute for a black girl was an insult disguised as a compliment. Was that supposed to be flattering? Well, yeah, I mean, you're hot and your legs look incredible, he said. That whole lot of leg and thigh, they'd look even better wrapped around my waist. Her shoulders hunched. She took a step back. The wall greeted her. Nowhere to run. Don't be like that. Come on, he said, standing in front of her. He extended his arm, placing his palm flat by the side of her head in the way that boys seem to do when they want to conquer their prey. You know exactly how you look, he whispered. His tequila breath singed her nose hairs. And how is that? Like I'm ready to solve some mysteries? Clever. Uh, Her nervous laughter sounded awful in her ears. Maybe her Velma costume wasn't the best choice for this night. She was trying to be sexy. She loved this costume, the best kind of balance between smart, feminine, and cute. Maybe she should have gone with her first choice, Gadget from Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, which I would have loved that, but then we wouldn't have had this moment. (laughs) But the last time she did, people kept trying to steal her goggles. She knew her outfit wouldn't have made any difference to Clown Boy, but it was a slippery thought to hold on to. Sexy as bleep. I've never seen, I've never been with a black girl before. This guy is so disgusting. Never been with a black girl was code for being a fantasy on someone's checkoff list. Allow me to be the one to burst your bubble. Don't think you're going to start here. You don't even know me. You should give me a chance. His free hand traced a line across her thigh right below the hem of her skirt. That's sexual assault. That is sexual assault. It's unwelcome touching after she has made it clear that she doesn't want to be with him or near him or even talk to him. He is not listening and he is making physical advances that are making her uncomfortable. No, 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 no. These are thoughts inside Alice's head. With tense movement, she reached down and moved his hand. She gently pushed him in the chest. And you should back up. Good for you, Alice. What? You're in my space, Alice said loud enough to make the people next to them turn around. She refused to even blink. So, okay, then the people are like looking at her and she shakes her head and pushes out of the corner. And he, he like, calls after her. This is ridiculous. Uh, and so, you know, then she talks about how she knows that she's physically attractive. Uh, she talks about the cutie code, which is the code for cuteness that I love. And that probably every reader loves because it's so darn adorable. But she knows that she's attractive and that people find her physically attractive. And to her, that's a burden because she doesn't experience sexual attraction And also she gets harassed. Uh, You know, like for me, I'm plus sized. And so I don't get harassed that much. And I look at it as a positive. And it's unfortunate that Alice should have to experience this. But remember, this is happening because Ryan and Feeney ditched her to go have sex themselves upstairs. And on family night, when they promised that it was going to be, you know, a good time to hang out together, because girls, like Alice and like a lot of women who I love, don't go to parties alone because it's not safe. 
there's there's safety in numbers and that is why she went with them and then they ditched her and the frustrating thing is we never see Alice confront Ryan and Feeney that this happened. They don't ever even know that it happened and they can't understand why she's so upset. And to me, that is a glaring plot problem. If there is something this intense that's happening to one of the characters, the author has got to address it later. She should actually, um, Alice should have talked about it in one of her therapy sessions. That would have been a great way. And then he could have told her how to bring that up to Ryan and Feeney that it wasn't just that she felt left out, but she felt left out and scared because this guy was harassing her and even like physically touched her. So, okay, you know, this is when someone says no, it doesn't matter what they identify as, listen to their no. Their no is no. Listen to it. Don't harass people. Don't sexually assault people. I know. I know that you wouldn't do that because you're listening to a book review about a sexual representation, but this is just, uh, I mean, you can tell Claire Kahn did a really good job of writing this scene because you see how impassioned I'm getting about it, but she never followed up. And so this is the cause for, um, Alice and Feeney to fight for the entire rest of the book. And when they have the conversation about why Alice was so upset and why Feeney was so upset, they still don't talk about it. And also that resolution to this really long problem in the plot was like three pages. It wasn't even a full, actual, healthy conversation. And that was a huge letdown for me as well. So... You know, uh, I feel like, though, that Khan kind of did this because she was scared to write this scene. Because we've talked about that on Expensive Words a lot. How authors are not usually being lazy, but they're scared because these scenes intimidate them. And I think that that's what happened here. Because um, Khan seems like she's paying really close attention to all these really important details. And then she just never brings it up again. That doesn't make sense unless she's scared to write the scene. And uh, yeah, I would just encourage you, like I always do, and I have to take this advice myself, don't skip hard scenes because you're scared. Just write it. You're probably going to do an amazing job. And if not, that's what you have editors for, like me. Also, a major complaint about this uh, book was that there's weird formatting. And sometimes Alice's thoughts are shown inside of parentheses. And italics are used only in emphasis for this book. Uh, but sometimes the thoughts are shown without parentheses. And sometimes the thoughts are shown in italics for emphasis. And this is when it gets really confusing for the reader. And remember, what do confused readers do? That's right. They stop reading. And that's not what we want. And so this was bothersome enough for reviewers to actually mention it many times. So don't do this. And I, I feel like this is something I would argue with an author about because there's no compelling reason to do it this way. Uh, for example, Kara Swanson, she has this interesting uh, formatting in one of her books, Not Dust, but the one that came out before that. Oh, it's like The Girl Something Something. I'm going to look it up later and post about it. Uh, but the characters are in different dimensions and the way that they talk to each other is through dialogue that's italicized and has these markings outside of it. But 
Uh, Swanson had to do it that way or else it wouldn't make sense. Uh, Khan does not have to do this this way because we all know that thoughts can be italics and that's what our brains are set up for. And these parentheses are not consistent enough throughout the book. They only are used sometimes for thoughts, but other thoughts are just written normally. So it's confusing. There's no good reason to do this. As an editor, I would have really uh, <laughs> argued for the removal of these parentheses, which are not just in the book. They're in the blurb on the back, and it's confusing. It stops the flow, the natural flow of the prose and the narration, and it's too much for readers to handle. And so I, as an editor, would have been like, there's no specific reason for you to do this. I strongly discourage you from doing it because the only reason that Khan probably did it was to be unique, and there's no need to be even more unique. The story she was writing was already very unique, and it just confuses readers. There's no uh, added benefit from doing it. There's definitely something to keep readers from wanting to keep reading, which is never what you want. And so I would have been like, please don't do this. Please don't do this. I would have written a note to the publisher. Please don't let her do this because this book is good. I mean, I would have fixed a lot of things and then the book would have been five stars because it's so close already. Uh, but yeah, don't do things in your book formatting wise just to seem unique. It's going to confuse your readers and it's going to make them angry at you, which is if you go and look at the Goodreads and Amazon reviews for this book, you're going to see that readers did not like this. It didn't go the way that Khan had planned. And uh, hopefully next time she'll listen to her editor when the editor brings up this type of formatting mistake. So from what I can tell, and this is the... Uh, this is the round, this is the end of this review. Uh, the representation inside of this book did accurately represent uh, some people who identify as asexually, as asexual correctly, um, specifically the biromantic ones. For me, it was interesting to read about how someone who identifies the same as Alice would find romance complicated. And uh, I was glad to see that her character sought out professional help through therapy so that she could work through her breakup with Margot, so that she would be able to share with Takumi about her identification so that they would be able to um, address it and use that information when they're deciding things about whether or not they want to be in a romantic relationship. And so um, Takumi also is an amazing love interest. You can see the smile happening. Uh, be, and you can hear it probably in my voice because he's trying his best to be healthy and communicate in a healthy way. And the rest of the unhealthy characters in this book are a foil for Takumi, who, uh, of course, we're supposed to find adorable and extremely attractive uh, in every way, right? And, and this is in stark contrast to a lot of Alice's relationships that seem strained and even uh, strained, strained. The relationships that seem strained and even uh, Feeney and Ryan, who have an unhealthy relationship with each other and also with uh, Alice. So that was great to have one healthy character. I would have liked to seen, to have seen Moshula as well, because like I said, a support person. But overall, I did give this book four stars. I found it to be an enjoyable read and an enlightening read. And if, like me, you are trying to include asexual characters in your stories, I'm reading this new book that just came out, and it's called How to Write Asexual Characters, An Incomplete Guide by Salt and Sage Books. And they also, they have a whole series, and there's another one called How to Write 
black characters, and I'm definitely going to be reading that because this book is written by people who identify as the thing that they're writing about, and uh, it's written by editors and sensitivity readers, so I'm very excited about this series. I'm definitely going to read all of these books. I'm glad that they're working so hard to put things out for writers like me and you who want to have better representation in their storytelling. And uh, if if you have read Let's Talk About Love by Claire Kahn, I want to hear what you thought. And I just want to say that um, I think that Swoon Reads needs to pay a little bit more for editing and trust their editors more. And I hope they grow as a brand if these are the kinds of books they're going to put out. Uh, I submitted a story to Swoon Reads, but the beginning of my story wasn't good. I have to rewrite it, um, but I'm actually going to publish it on my own anyway. However, I just thought it would be a cool experiment to see what the community is like, and they seem very supportive and very respectful. So if you're a writer who's thinking about Swoon Reads, uh, I'm going to say, yes, it's worth a try. I think um, if you're really curious about it, go read some more about it. But the community's cool, the stories, some of the stories that are coming out are really good, and I would just say they need to step up their editing game. And that's it. That's today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the review of Let's Talk About Love by Claire Kahn, and that you uh, will read it if you're interested in this type of book, and stick around for any further reviews. Thanks so much. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing. Happy writing.